Welcome to the Grace for This City podcast. We're helping you turn your city upside down. Hey, I'm your host, Justin Goff. Stay tuned. We got a great show for you today. All right. Hello, everybody, and thank you for tuning in to the Grace for This City podcast. I'm your host, Justin. Hey, we're helping you turn your cities upside down. How are we doing that? Well, we're giving you scriptural motivation and strategies so you can get out there and get some stuff done for your king, King Jesus, that is. And he's the one you should be working for. And I believe you are. And uh, when we say turn your cities upside down, you know, everything is upside down. It's been perverted from the perverter, the devil, Satan, Lucifer, the fallen one. And uh, things have been twisted. And so when we say turning things upside down, what you're doing is you're making right wrongs. I like that passage in Titus where he says, I left you in Crete so that you could set in order things that are lacking. And you know what? There's a lot of places around this world right now where you're at, friend, that need to be set in order. There is a righteousness. What is righteousness? The right way of doing a thing, the right way of being. If we could get it down to its most basic definition, we have been tasked as ministers of righteousness. And so, uh, Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, they're all working with us in order to go out here and to bring the message, the hope, the gospel of salvation, deliverance, and righteousness. Hallelujah. So that's what we're doing. We're helping you get out there. And I know you're doing it. And uh, we love to hear the testimonies and the stories about what you're doing. So just send them in to hello at gracecitychurch.tv. Let us know how you're turning your cities upside down. We'd love to keep you in prayer. All right, well, let's jump into our lesson today. And uh, I want to talk about the inner man. And uh, so, you know, we, uh, we want to strengthen you and encourage you and uh, help through the scriptures to help awaken you to who you really are in Christ Jesus. And a lot of people are just sitting around, you know, doing nothing because they don't know who they are. You have not uh, awoke yet to your purpose. You know, you're here on the earth on purpose, with purpose. We want to just help awaken you to that. Uh, the scriptures have been given to us to illuminate and to reveal what kind of man we are. That's what I love about the book of James. You know, if you'd go and just read James sometime today, the first couple chapters of James, at least, all the book of James is awesome. But in James, we find out that when we look into the mirror of the word, what we see reflected back at us is the revelation of what kind of man we are. Well, what kind of man are you? Well, you're not just a you're, you're you're not just a natural man. Not if you're born again. You got Zoe life. And when you look into the word, what's reflected back, the word is trying to reveal to you. It's it it, it is a reflection of the kind of man you are after you were born again, who you are in Christ Jesus. And the Bible, in particularly the letters not all of the Bible, but in particularly the letters are revelations of what this born again, this new creation in Christ Jesus really is, what he's to do, uh, 
what uh, his mission assignment is, and, and then even some things about long-term, about ruling and reigning alongside or in Christ Jesus alongside Heavenly Father. But I want you to know that after you were born again, the Bible calls you a new creation. You are a creature that has never existed before. Why is that? Well, because you're born again in Christ Jesus now. And uh, the Zoe life of the Heavenly Father is on the inside of you. That's what's making you tick is that Zoe life. I think we'll get into some of that today, but uh, be encouraged, friend, that um, you are destined for great things. There is a monumental reason why you are on the earth today. Father wants to illuminate that, awaken you to it, find out who you are in Christ Jesus so you can get up and get going. Hallelujah. He wants you to get up off the sidelines and get right in the middle of 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 what he's doing, his plans and his purposes. Get in the game, friend. And uh, I know you. I know you want to. And I think a lot of people are, if they are hesitant, or if there is a little bit of, um, you know, pro- procrastination, it's just because they're not sure of some things. Well, hallelujah! Today, let's get more sure than we've ever been. In the mighty name of Jesus. All right, First Peter one twenty three. It says this: Having been born again. Now that's first step, friends. If you're listening to the podcast today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, remember, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one cometh to the Father except through me. And Holy Spirit working uh, uh, alongside the plan of the Father that when anybody believes on Jesus Christ, because Jesus was the pattern, he was the precedent, he's the blueprint, uh, he's the pattern. I mean, that's a really good word. He is the pattern. And he was the first one to be born again. And when you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, when you believe on him and confess him, then Holy Spirit comes in and causes you to be raised from the dead in the same way Jesus was. Now, being dead doesn't mean you cease to exist. Being dead just means that you there is an eternal separation, that you are apart from the Father. And being dead, being spiritually dead, means there's no Zoe life in you. Uh, if you don't have Zoe life, you're a dead man. It doesn't mean you cease to exist. You just don't have life. And so Holy Spirit causes your spirit to be born again. Uh, and now you have the capacity. You are a creature now that has the capacity uh, or you can contain now. You're a type of creature. You're a type of being now that can contain the exact Zoe life that's in the Father you can contain it in you now. And that's what now separates you from everything else. If you have life, you are different than anything else. And uh, so that's the first step. You need to be born again. If, if you have not confessed Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, if you have not confessed your sins, if you have not confessed your desperate need to be delivered out of the clutches of darkness, uh, that's the first step, friend. And, uh, you know, there's no, you know, uh, right or wrong prayer per se it's just you just need to call on jesus do that right now do it now friend don't wait another moment there's no reason to put off living in the light why are you staying in the dark you know it'd be like some uh you know doofus out here that's just living in the dark for no reason but yet moaning and groaning and complaining and wondering why he's tripping over everything and why nothing in his life works out and why it always seems like he's being taken advantage of was because you're living in the dark Go over to the light switch and turn the switch on, friend. 
The switch is your new life in Christ Jesus. And when you flip that switch, there's an illumination that comes. Life comes into you. Now you're a child of the light. And things that were dark are no longer dark because now you have the illuminating power of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. And you know things that you didn't know. You see things that you, that, that you couldn't see. And the Bible says that in, in that transformation process, you are brought out of the kingdom of darkness and placed into the kingdom of the Son of His love, a.k.a. the kingdom of light. Hallelujah. Why in the world would you continue to stumble around, fumble around in dark living? You know you're trapped. And look, Jesus already paid the price for you to come out. There is no demon in hell that can stop you because they can't control your will. Now you, uh, you know, people say, oh, you know, sold my soul to the devil. Well, you know what? Take it back in the mighty name of Jesus. Listen, when you come to the knowledge of, uh, of the truth, there is no demon in hell that can keep you from calling upon the name of the Lord. We say, well, I don't have any legs. That's not going to keep you from calling. We say, I don't have any arms. That's not going to keep you from calling. We say, well, you know, they cut out my tongue. It's not going to keep you from crying out from the innermost depths of your inner man. You can call upon the name of the Lord. And the Bible says anybody who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And listen, friend, I don't care what your situation is right now. Come on, there will be legions of angels dispatched to come and bring you out and into light. Except Jesus today, don't delay another moment. So here, 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23, it says, having been born again. All right, so we're going to talk to y'all primarily. Now, moments ago, if you weren't saved, I believe you called upon the name of the Lord. Now let's get in this conversation. Having been born again through, or we could say by what? You know, the Bible gives us revelation knowledge here of what has taken place when you and I accepted Jesus Christ. You know, people say, oh, I'm just a sinner. Save my grace. Just a sinner. Well, listen, you can't be both. You can't stay an old, nasty, dirty, wormy sinner and also be saved by grace. Uh, you were, the truth is, you were a nasty, filthy sinner wrapped up in all kind of debauchery and perversion. But you called upon the name of the Lord. And now you were delivered out of that mess, out of that garbage, out of that sickness. And you are or have been born again. You've been given righteousness. You are now in a place of holiness. Oh, come on, somebody. Stop equating this new version of you with the old one. That old man's dead or should be. Now, listen, if you're still just an old sinner, well, then you need to be saved by grace. Pick a side, friend. You know what? Uh, get born again. Let me tell you, it's so much better than staying wallering around in those lies and deceits and self-pity and self-loathing and self, 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 self. That's that, that's that demonic realm. It's just flesh, 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 flesh. It's gross. Come out of that in the name of Jesus. So once you're born again, you can't be still a new creation in Christ Jesus and simultaneously at the same time, just an old worthless sinner. No, you can't be worthless anymore because a price was paid for you and the result of that price, the consequences of, of that price through your uh, receipt of what Christ did has now caused you 
to be born again. You are not worthless anymore. You are extremely valuable. You are not worthless. You are now seated at the right hand of the Father. I mean, if you understand, um, and I think you would understand this, but yet you, you are in a high place. High, honor goes up. Uh, honor, uh, let me see how to, how, to, how to say what I'm seeing here. Uh, low, invaluable things are low, right? They're low. Things that are worthless are low. Things that are valuable are exalted. Things that are of precious weight, weight, glory, uh, uh, invaluable things. They're, 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 they're lifted up. You don't put your most prized possessions down on the floor where everybody tramples on them. Those are low things. High things are valuable things. High, high things. Now, there is a false exaltation in the earth, obviously. There are things that are lifted up. In man's eyes, the devil tries to exalt the wrong things, but the reason why he's doing it is because even, even though that, that object or whatever does not deserve and is not truly valuable, the exalting, the lifting up is what you do to valuable things. And so the world is even lifting and exalting certain things that don't need to be in that exalted place, but nonetheless they are because he's trying to get the world to change or alter the definition of what's holy, what's high, what's honorable, what is exalted. Do you understand that? Now the devil was kicked out. He fell, the Bible says, like lightning. Well, why? Because he was removed from an exalted place and he was demoted. He was lowered. All right. So you can't be both worthless and born again. Not when the father who raised Jesus from the dead, we found this in Ephesians. He raised the head, Jesus. When he raised him from the dead, he seated him at his right hand. And then over in chapter two of Ephesians chapter two, we find out that when you and I are born again, we're raised from the dead, just like Jesus. And we're seated in Christ, where? At the right hand of the Father. That is the most highest place. Now we're not talking pridefully, we're not talking arrogantly here. In great humility, we are thankful. But listen, you and I didn't choose this. We chose Jesus. It was the Father who worked the details. He said, anybody who's born again, I'm gonna seat him in Christ Jesus. Now Christ Jesus, uh, as the head of the church, he has preeminence in, in all things. I'm not saying that we're equated with that, we're joint, heir, joint heirs, though, because we're in the body. And listen, there is the head, and then there is the body. And together, you and I, uh, uh, you and I as members of that body, and Jesus as the head of that body, we make up one body, and we're seated at the right hand of the Father. There is no higher place or appointment than that. So you can't be just an old worthless sinner saved by grace. You, 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 you can't be both. You need to awake to your place in Christ Jesus. Stop demeaning the headship of the Lord Jesus Christ by calling him just an old sinner. Listen, you think his body is made up of sinners? No, there was a price paid. Their sins have been taken care of. You and yours and mine. Jesus Christ dealt with that sin forever. Listen, you are not up there seated with Christ Jesus. 
if you're keeping a record of just your old, worthless, nasty self, you can't drag that dead body up there with you. So you, you're going to have to renew your mind to the knowledge of, of the truth. Now, uh, for those of you that I'm talking to, you're probably born again. You know, here's, here's, here, here's the thing. Your language, though, is the language of religion. Um, and what the Lord wants to help you even today is to renew your mind to what actually has gone on. Uh, if you're truly born again, you're not just an old, old sinner, even though you have that very archaic religious language. Uh, you know, you probably got that from, you know, your childhood church. You need to throw that language in the trash, though, because what it's doing is while you're still seated in Christ Jesus, because that's where you are if you're born again. That's what I'm saying. And I'm saying you're probably really born again. So you're seated with Christ in the heavenly places. And right there, right now, you are not just an old sinner. You are a brand new creation in Christ Jesus. You are a new form of righteousness and holiness that has never existed before. But what you still have in your mouth is, is uh, religious talk. And that just shows your ignorance of the scripture. So I want to encourage you today to put that aside momentarily, well, forever, but at least momentarily as we navigate the scriptures and allow the scriptures to give you the mirror image of who you really are. Let me show you this because I know I've been all all over it, but let's just look at it. Go to the book of James. Get your Bibles or your phones, your tablets, whatever. Go to James. And uh, let me show you this scripture that I've been referencing here. So uh, listen, you don't want to be just an old sinner. And uh, again, that statement that people carry, carry, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. Listen, that is not humble. That is ignorance gone to see. And stop looking like a doofus and quit saying that. Uh, because that's not what the word says. You won't find that language in the scriptures at all. I don't care what translation. And you might be one of those 1611 King James, uh, uh, you know, people. And that's totally great. But you won't find that language in the King James version of the Bible. So I don't know why you're saying it. Look at this in James chapter 2. Let's see, is it? No, it's um, James 1. Look at this. Uh, James 1 verse. Well, let's go all the way up to um, verse 18. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Oh, come on, somebody. A kind of first fruits of his creatures. Well, who was the first fruit of this type of creature? Was Jesus. He's the firstborn among many brethren. So if he was the firstborn among many brethren, then that would allude to that there was a secondborn, a thirdborn, et cetera, et cetera. Here we're f finding out that we're going to be a uh, we're going to be brought forth as the type of the first fruit. Well, again, what's the type of the first fruit or the pattern of the fruit? The pattern of the fruit was Christ, Jesus Christ. Okay. So then he says, verse nineteen. So then, my beloved brethren. Let every man be swift to hear, slow to speak, slow to wrath. For the wrath of man does not produce the righteousness of God. No, it don't. Verse 21. 
Therefore, watch this, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. For if anyone is a, oh, excuse me, verse 22, uh, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, watch this, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, goes away, and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty and continues in it and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the word, this one will be blessed in what he does. Now, what is James revealing to us here? James is revealing to us that when you look into the mirror of the word, okay, the mirror here is the mirror of the word. Now, he says like a man who would go up to a natural mirror. Uh, you know, as I was getting ready, you know, making myself presentable this morning, I have a mirror in my bathroom and I'm brushing my teeth and I'm combing my beard and fixing my hair. You know, I, I'm wearing a hat, but I, you know, I comb my hair, you know, whatever. You know, I'm doing all this in a mirror. Well, I'm looking right at, right at myself there. And he's saying, look, this is what happens. It would be like if a man looked at himself in a natural mirror and then walks off and then totally forgets what he looks like. Well, the word is the mirror reflection. When you look into the word, you are actually seeing a revelation of who you are. And I like how the New King James says it. Uh, when you look into the mirror of the word, you find out what kind of man you are. What kind of man are you? Well, up here he said we're a first fruits of his of, of his creation. We're a type of the first fruit of his creation. The first fruit was Jesus Christ. We're a type of that. Why are we a type of that? Because when we were born again, we were placed in the body. Listen, you can't be something. Um, well, let's see. Let me use a really wild example, but I think you're going to get the point. If uh, uh, I like rhinoceroses, okay, they're like of the zoo animals, um, you know, which I don't even know where they're from. Where, they're, where are they from? Africa? Somewhere? <laughs> I don't even know. Uh, but that's one of my favorite animals. I really like uh, to go look at a rhinoceros for whatever reason. Anyways, let's say that uh, uh, a rhinoceros is the pattern. Well, if the pattern produces anything different, then you can't, you could not have come from the, the, the pattern or the mold. If you're to look like a rhinoceros, but you come out a zebra, well, there's a problem. The zebra is not part of the type or the pattern or the mold. There's no rhinoceros DNA in a zebra. Do you understand? When Christ, when Jesus Christ is said to be the head of a body and that body, that one body, then becomes the prototype, becomes the pattern by which uh, the members are included in that body. Well, if you come out looking anything other than Christ, you hadn't been through the mold. You, you haven't come through the pattern. You're not born of the same substance. 
And the Bible over and over and over again in the New Testament, in the letters, friends, in the letters, uh, get in the letters. The, you know, nothing wrong with reading the Old Testament. You got to read the whole Bible, but you won't find out who you are in Christ Jesus if you don't dig into the letters. The letters is the revelation of the one new man. It is the who, the what, the how, and the when, and the where of the new creation in Christ Jesus. So he's saying here, look, he said he was going to bring us forth through or out or part of this type of the first fruit, which is Jesus Christ. That's why he's the firstborn among many brethren. That's why he's the captain of our salvation. We could say that he's the spearhead or he's the one that opened the womb or uh, he was the first one. Or we could say it like this. This is why he has the preeminence because he was the first one to go this route and to die that death and be raised into new life and to have uh, 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 given to him the Zoe life of God. You and I need to have the eye-opening revelation, the eyes of our understanding. This is why Paul prayed in Ephesians chapter 1, that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened, uh, that we would have the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Why? Because you're not going to wake up to who you are uh, un, un, until some of that knowledge begins to flood into you and you begin to awake to it and then you begin to act on it. But right here, I'm trying to get back to this. What kind of man are you? Well, you got to look at what you were born of. You got to look at the pattern that you're being conformed to. You got to look at the body that you've been placed in. Listen, how do you know you're, you're, you are a rhinoceros? It's because you don't look like a zebra. Well, how do you know that you're, you are a rhinoceros? It's because you don't look like a fish. How do you know you are a rhinoceros? It's because you don't look like an antelope. Well, how do you know you are a rhinoceros? It's because you don't look like a horse. That's how, that's how you know. And if you never look into the mirror, people are going around thinking they're zebras. Listen. You're not a zebra. You're a rhinoceros. Okay? <laughs> How do you know that you are of Christ? Is because you're born of the word. It's because you don't look like these other creatures. You look like him. Hallelujah. This is what James is saying. Don't be like the guy who looked in the mirror and had a revelation of who he was and then walks away and forgets it. That's where a lot of people are. When they were born again, they had uh, several weeks, maybe they had several months, maybe it was several years, and they were in the word. They were looking at the mirror of the word. They were like, this is who I am, this is who I am. And then you know what? They walked away and they forgot who they were. They forgot what they looked like. They forgot what they were born of. They forgot what's working in them. They forgot they were children of the light. They forgot that righteousness is now their MO. Holiness is now what they have access to. They forgot it. Don't be like that. You got to know what kind of man you are. You are a spirit man. The Bible says here in 1 Peter chapter 1, we're running out of, out of time, but 
First Peter chapter one, it says, having been born again. Now let's find out what we were born again through or by what. Get this, it says the word of God. When you were born the first time, you were born of the water. You came through your mother's womb. This was one of the questions Jesus was asked when he was said, man, you've got to be born again. If you were going to see if you're going to see spiritual things, if you're going to understand spiritual things, if you're going to see heaven, if you're going to see the Father, uh, you've got to be born again. This guy said, wait a second, man. How can I get back in my mother's womb and be born a second time? Jesus said, that's not what I'm talking about. He said, unless a man be born of water and the Spirit. This is what he's talking about. To be born of the Spirit, you have to be born again. Well, what is that? What 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 is the makeup of that? The, the Bible says you're born of the Word. And then in, uh, that was 1 Peter 1, 23. By the way, I, I didn't turn there and read that whole thing, but if you go and you look at that whole verse, not only are you born of the word, but you're born of an incorruptible seed. Oh, hallelujah. Uh, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. Listen, you're born of the good stuff. Praise the Lord. And then in 1 Peter chapter 2, he says, then, as newborn babies, or we should say it like this, as newborn spirits, because when you're born again, you're just a spiritual baby. As newborn spirits, why are we newborn spirits? Because we're born of the word. We're born again of the word. As newborn spirits desire the milk of the word that you may grow thereby. This is another, another reason why, just as a, you know, a practical here, is you got to stay in the word, even as your natural body has to eat. And you feed your natural body several times a day. Your spiritual self has to has to feast on something. Jesus said that I am the bread of life. Well, your spirit man has to eat of Zoe life. It has to feast on Zoe life. How do you get that? You get it through the word because Jesus is the word made flesh. The word, we'll get to it here in just a minute. It's in John chapter one. In fact, let's just go there now. I think that's the next step. Uh, but as but as a newborn spirit, you've got to grow. <coughs> Excuse me. Some people have eaten for a while and then stopped eating. Uh, they stopped eating spiritual things, and then they wonder why spiritually they're stunted, or spiritually they're they're weak, or spiritually they're starving. Listen, if you were to uh, do an extended fast. And, you know, I just, you know, I don't encourage you to just out of nowhere, try and do a 40 day fast. Uh, a lot of people have gotten hurt doing that. But if you're going to do an extended fast, you know, start with three days, you know, and then, you know, make sure that you did well. And then start with like a, you know, you could do a two week, maybe you work up to like a 15 day or 21 day. But if, if you've done any fasting at all, uh, or if you've done any extended fasting, you know that as you near the end of that time, your body's weak because you have kept from your body nourishment. And uh, which, you know, it's good, it's good to fast. The point that I'm trying to make is, you know that when you don't eat, your body gets weak. It doesn't have the nourishment and things to keep the muscle strong and et cetera, et cetera. Same thing with the spirit. If you don't feast if you don't eat spiritually, if you don't uh, replenish um, your spirit man with what it needs to be vibrant, 
you're going to grow weak. Well, if you're born of the word, what do you need to feast on in order to replenish your spirit man? You have to feast on the word. You feast on the word. This is why Jesus said, I am the bread of life. This is why uh, uh, this, uh, the, the uh, communion meal is so amazing. Here Jesus is breaking or portioning. Um, none of his bones were broken. It doesn't mean his body was broken like that. You know, he says, this is take eat. This is my body. It was broken. He wasn't saying my bones were broken. No, he said my body broken. The word broken means portioned or divided. He said, take eat. This is my body, which has been portioned for you. My father and I and Holy Spirit ahead of time, we already made uh, provision. We have already uh, supplied what you need to live. Well, what is that? The bread of life. If you don't eat the bread of life, if you don't take the body of Jesus and eat, you will spiritually grow weak. You will be spiritually uh, emaciated. You will be spiritually just skin and bones. You'll, you will not have strength. You will not be uh, muscular. <laughs> your body, your spiritual self, uh, you know, we're doing, you know, Com analogies here, comparisons, but it'll grow weak. You won't be strong. You won't be quick. You won't be keen if you're not what? Feasting on what? Life or the word, the bread of life, the word of God. Jesus is the word made flesh. This is why I said, take, eat. This is my body. Well, what is it? It's his word. You got to eat that. You got to take it, eat it. And you can come unto him as often as, as often, listen, you know that when you get hungry, you're going to go up, you're going to find some food. Now, maybe garbage food, but none, nonetheless, when you get hungry, you're going to go searching. You're going to go seeking. Listen, be, be aware spiritually that whenever you start to hunger and thirst, remember what he said? Anybody who hungers and thirsts after me shall be what? Shall be filled. Listen, it's already been portioned. It's already been divided out for you. Your portion is right there. In fact, he's made it a banqueting table. And you can come up and you can feast on him. Oh, even in the presence of your enemies. Oh, don't you know that ticks them off? Oh, man. Woo. I tell you, you want to pour just heaps of stuff on your enemies? Just pull up a table right in the middle of their threats and just start eating on the word. Just start reaching out of that bank, bank, banqueting table of him in, in him and just begin to feast on all of his goodness. You can get into the scriptures and just begin to feast of his provision. Get into the scriptures and find out about your healing and just begin to feast on your healing right in the face of your enemy called cancer. You know, cancer is not your friend. Cancer is your enemy. And you can pull up to the table of the living word and just begin to feast on uh uh, he shall take all sickness and disease out of my midst. You can begin the feast on, um, by his stripes, we were healed. And if we were healed, then we are healed right now. And you just begin, and cancer is out there trying to throw, you know, fiery darts at you. Cancer is trying to tear your house down. Cancer is trying to kick in your front, front door. Cancer is trying to snuff out your life. And you just pull up the table and you say, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, yeah, give me some of that body. Yeah, that same body 
that same body that died on the cross for you and bore in itself that that same cancer that's trying to kick your front door down. Hallelujah. You can just feast on that, that body that paid the price. Oh, thank you. And in this is life. Ah, hallelujah. And, and, and then you get the juice. And he said, this is the cup of the new covenant. This is my blood. This is the blood of the covenant. And, and, and you can just, mm, right, right there is a enemy on the outside of your house. That enemy has no covenant with God. Because don't you know, covenant brothers love one another. Okay? That enemy out there has no covenant. One way you know that is because of the hatred. There is no covenant. And, 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 you, and you sit here and they're out there and cancer and poverty and whatever else, all, all, all your enemies, they're not your brothers. All your enemies are out there and they're, they're, they're stacking up. And they're beating the, they're trying to beat the door down. They're trying to break the windows. And you're in here at the banqueting table. I mean, right, I mean, front row seat. You can see all your enemies out there and we're not moved. Hallelujah. Because perfect love has cast out all fear. And, uh, and there's a redemption. Uh, another word for that is there's a, there's a difference. There's a division. Or there's the wall of separation. We're separated because of covenant. Uh, but they're still trying to beat your house down. And you're, and you're in there. And, and you take the cup of the covenant. Hallelujah. And you just drink that cup. Oh, thank you, Father. I have covenant with you. And don't you know, he said, my, my throne is established on judgment. But he said, mercy. Mercy is always before my face. The Hebrew word mercy is the Hebrew word hesed. And hesed is obligatory covenant action. It's actions that are required due to covenant. And they're in an obligated position, meaning he's obligated to do certain things because of the covenant. And he said, mercy's always before my face. And we can say it like this. Even though his throne is established on judgment, his special considerations to those that he's in covenantal relationship with are always before his face. Hallelujah. Woo! Before he even would consider judgment, he considers his hesed. And if he has hesed, if he has covenant with you, if he's obligated to you, that's his first consideration. And so this is what he's saying. He's saying, for those that I'm in covenant with, you can pull up a banqueting table right in front of your enemies and you can eat my flesh, which is what? Zoe life. And you can drink my blood, which is what? The, uh, the intimate participation with his has said. And so we're just sitting here. Cancer's trying to get in. Oh, no, 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 cancer. No, you ain't getting in. Why? I'm eating Zoe life. I have the, I have the, the bread of life right here. I have the body of Christ that's been portioned for me. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm going to eat my healing right now. I'm going to just feast on my uh, deliverance. Hallelujah. I'm going to feast on total rejuvenation, total recovery and restoration of my body in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And then you take that cup and you know, wash it down. Hallelujah. I'm going to wash down that healing anointing with the blood of the covenant. Oh, it's a done deal, friends. It is a done deal in him. Hallelujah. So let's see. Let's get to John. Where are we at on time? I think I'm going to have to wrap this up. Well, let's go to John and we'll bring the podcast to a close today. So this is what we were saying. You were, because I'm 
believing you're born again, so you were, because you're born again now, so you were born again of the word. Now you require the word to grow your spirit, man. Uh, and see, a lot of people are not acquainted with their inner man because their inner man is emaciated. He's weak. He's starving. And therefore, you're more acquainted with your natural part of you, the soulish realm and the fleshy part of you, because you've been starving your inner man. But I think after today, you're going to start intentionally feeding that inner man so that you will awake to who you are in Christ Jesus. Once that spirit man gets strong, oh, friend, <laughs> oh, yes, man, when that inner man gets strong and rises up, oh, man, things will change. And, oh, what, what, what an adventure that is awaiting you. All right, let's close here. John 1, John 1, 1. So in the beginning was the word. Remember, you were born of the same word. You were born again of the same word. Listen, I'm, this is, I'm giving you scripture. I'm giving you scripture. Hallelujah. You, you gave me some religious rhetoric that wasn't even in the scripture. I'm giving you actual scripture. Okay, here we go. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God. Verse 2, he, he who, he the word, was in the beginning with God. Verse 3, oh, I love this. All things were made through him. Him who? Him the word. And without him, him the word, nothing was made that was made. Listen. Listen, you were born again. How were you made? You were made of the word. The Bible just confirmed itself. First Peter told us we were born of the word. This is why you desire the word. Listen, nobody's telling you to get into your Bibles for religiosity's sake. Now, well, I mean, some people are, I'm sure. You know, they're beating you over the head. Did you read your Bible? Listen, listen, you'll want to read the Bible uh, when you realize that it's not, a, it's not about ink on paper. Uh, you'll want to get into the Word. You'll want to fellowship with the Word. You'll want to sit down at the feet of the Word when you realize that that's your food that that's how you grow, that that's you live and move and have your being in what? In the word. You come alive when you feast on the word. Listen, a lot of people have communion all messed up. But when you see it like I was talking about it, it'll change for you. You'll be like, whoa, oh, I get it now. Communion, the Eucharist, whatever. It's not just some dead, cold, religious, formal, duty, entrapment. No, it's literally coming up and feasting on life. Zoe, 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 the, well, let's look at it here. I'll show you this, this, this word. So that was verse three, verse four, watch this. In him, him who? Him, the word. In the word was, what is it? Life. This is the word Zoe. And the life or the Zoe was the light, or we could say the development of men. What kind of man? The spiritual man. What is the light of the spirit man? The word. Oh, come on, somebody. What is the development? Or let me say it like this. What develops the spirit man? 
the word or what? Life, Zoe life. Okay, now go to um, John chapter five, verse 26. For as the father has life in himself, that's Zoe. He has granted the son to have life in himself. Oh, thank you, Jesus. So the father granted to the pattern. Oh, come on, somebody. You see where I'm going? The father granted to the pattern. The father granted to the firstborn and to the first fruit that they, this type, those who were born of the spirit, those who were seated in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, that those would have life. What, what life? Zoe life. Listen, not everybody and not everything has the Zoe, has life. Oh, but man, the Father has granted that the sons would have life. And then real quick, you know, John 10.10. 10. The thief only comes to what? What did he say? He said the thief only comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. But I have come. Why did Jesus come? He's telling us right here. But I have come that they may have life. What is that word life? It's the word Zoe. And that they may have it in abundance. This is why he said, look, this is my body. Take eat. Why? Because he was the word made flesh. What is in that word? Life is in that word. Life is in that flesh and you are born of the spirit and a spirit being that is born of the word hungers after the word in that word is life and in that word is development or the necessary nutrients to grow us up what are we growing into the fullness and the stature and the pattern of christ Hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Oh, my friends. Man, I love this subject here. Um, I mean, it's right here. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's hidden in plain sight. It's not hidden from us. What are Bible mysteries? Bible mysteries are hidden things, but they're not hidden from you. They're hidden for you. Hallelujah. And I believe the Lord is just revealing this to us and putting a fresh touch on it so that we can get in there and get back into his word and feast on his word and grow on his word. Oh, thank you, Father. We love you, Heavenly Father. Oh, thank you for our time here. And Father, we bless all the listeners right now too in the name of Jesus. I just thank you for everybody that's listening. Father, that whatever needs that they may have, Father, we call them met right now in Christ Jesus. I thank you, Father, that there will be illuminating word that will be exactly the answer that they've been looking for right now. Listen, if you'll seek it, you will find it in the mighty name of Jesus. He promised us that. All right, friends, well, we're out of time on the podcast today. Thank you again for joining us. This has been the Grace for This City podcast. Hey, if we can uh, agree with you, stand with you in prayer, partner with you in prayer, it would be our honor to do that. Let us know what you need prayer for. You can send us an email, hello at gracecitychurch.tv. That's hello at gracecitychurch.tv or call us 
741-9099. Leave a message. Somebody will get right back with you. Uh, it would be just our joy and our honor to be able to agree with you in prayer uh, concerning anything. We're here for you, friend. And then, of course, I want to give a big shout out to all of our partners, uh, patrons, people who have financially supported the podcast in any way. Of course, any gift, any financial gift is tax deductible. And if you'd like to join the ranks of those who are helping to get the podcast all over the world, hallelujah, several ways to do that. You can go to the website, gracecitychurch.tv forward slash give. Or if you're in the United States, you can text to give. 84321. That's 84321. Just follow the prompts. Or, of course, you can snail mail it. You can lick a stamp, put it on an envelope. P.O. Box 7, Harrison, Arkansas, 72602. All right, friends, until next time, be blessed.